Good evening, everybody, and uh, Mike Banner here, and uh, the last show in the month of March, uh, coming to you from my house, if you can't tell, and uh, this is in my ninth day of exile, like everyone else, or I hope most people in this country are practicing their social distancing. Um, so we're going to have a great show tonight. We're going to get to it very quickly. want to thank uh, last week's guest. I want to thank everybody that joined me the last few weeks, uh, because it wasn't easy to do, uh, but... Let me give you a quick premise of what 62 Who Knew is, because I think tonight's guest, Mr. Mark Goldberg and Mr. Peter Gelbwax, well-known national experts in the long-term care uh, insurance industry. They've been on before. They've spoken at numerous national and international conventions. Um, but tonight we're not going to talk about necessarily hey, let's go out and buy long-term care insurance. We're going to talk about the effects of the coronavirus, what's happening today in the country, if you have long-term care insurance, uh, what you should be doing. If you don't, what you can be doing. Um, there's a lot of things. In fact, I'm basically, uh, after I make the introductions, going to turn the show over to them because I feel this might be one of the most important or timely and relevant 62 Who News we've ever done in this very sensitive time in our country. So um, thank you for everybody that's always watching. Uh, we're in back up to the low 80s, maybe mid 80,000 people a week, uh, hopefully more this week since so many people are home and we continue to grow. But for the new people that are just joining us, what is the premise of 62 Who Knew? It's a pretty neat premise. It's been accepted by you uh, in the last uh, a year and uh, two months that we've been on. 62 Who Knew is about the double-edged sword, the double blessing, if you would, the mixed blessing of longer lifespans. All people, when they get to 62, all generations, for the last several generations, our fathers, their fathers, their fathers before us, they all pretty much had the same thoughts. Have we saved enough money for, for retirement? Should we have paid off our house? Did we pay off our house? Was that necessary? Uh, do we may have the right investments? Should we be making more uh, cautious investments now that our income is coming down? Should we take Social Security at 62? Or in fact, should we defer it for a later age? Should we have long-term care insurance? Do we still need life insurance? The, the questions go on and on. All of us, for the last several generations, as we approach age 62, had those same questions. But, but my generation... Uh, I'm 61 and a half, actually a little closer, just a few months away from 62. Our generation, the baby boomers, we have one more obstacle, one more hurdle that no other generation has ever had. And what is that hurdle? Longer lifespans. Sounds like a great thing, but the odds are in this great country, if you live to be 65, you have a 50-50 chance of making it to 90. This is not the odds or the demographics that our parents and grandparents dealt with that. And as we all know, and if you don't, you will in about two seconds, only 1% of this great country can afford to retire in their early 60s and live to be 90 or 95 and live in a, a style that is comfortable and allows you to sleep at night. 1%. The other 99% of us uh, are doing a lot of things to make sure we can get there one day. So who knew at 62 you could still have 25 to 30 years left? And that is the premise of our show. Every week we attempt to bring on experts like tonight in the long-term care insurance world, uh, in the Medicare and Medicaid world, Medicare supplemental policy world. Uh, we, one of our 
several of our most popular shows uh, have been about uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, we have brought on life insurance experts, health experts, population experts, in-home experts, and the list is going to continue to get even bigger in 2020. So the premise has been accepted. Longer lifespans is a great thing, but we all need some help. And right now, our great country is going through something uh, that, that it hasn't done in 100 years. Uh, people always say, everyone knows that cliche, we can fix this, but let's not reinvent the wheel. Well, there is no wheel. We're inventing it as we go. So tonight's guests, Mr. Mark Goldberg and Mr. Peter Gelbax, there are not two uh, people in this country with more knowledge of the senior market, long-term care insurance, how it affects people, how it affects people when they don't. Let's bring them both on, uh, Mr. Mark Goldberg from Texas, and of course, uh, Mr. Peter Gelbwax uh, from Florida. Uh, you both know, or you know, we've done so much speaking with each other, probably a lot of my audience knows that when the three of us get together, there's usually a lot of lighthearted stuff, there's a lot of laughing. We're gonna not do that tonight, believe it or not, because uh, this great country is in rough shape right now. And um, you know, this disease, uh, it has no bias. You know, it doesn't make a difference what color you are, what religion you are, how much money you make. It's a lot like Alzheimer's in many ways, except this is going to come to an end and we're going to flourish and be incredible at the end. But we got some tough going. So thank you both for being here on short notice. We put off our regular guests because we needed to discuss this. And uh, thank you both so much for being there Michael. Uh, when I need you. Yes, Mark. I was saying congratulations on the success of the show. Well, is, thank you. you know, I remember from like the beginning you days, Peter, you uh, definitely really make that happen. Yeah. Having trouble hearing, Mark, just a little. Okay. I was just saying you, you built a good audience for the show, and that's a tribute to you um, that people are coming back week after week to, to watch 62 Who Knew. Well, I thank so, you for that. I always say it's my guests, um, but thank you for that. I'm the moderator. I'm driving the bus, but you guys are doing the hard work. Mr. Peter Gelbwax, friend, yes. mentor, hero, long-term care legend, uh, a man that I've loved now for more than a decade. Thank you for being here. Um, I know you're in semi-retirement. Uh, this man doesn't know what the word retirement is. His semi-retirement is, yeah, just working on four or five international projects. That's his semi-retirement. But I want to start with you um, because, sure. you know, your level Mike, of expertise uh, and what's going on and is incredible. So thank you for being here. And I really want you to take over. Uh, I really don't care if I don't say another word for the rest of the show, uh, other than asking maybe some questions for my audience. But go well, ahead, I don't Peter, think that that's possible. Of any, thank you, Mike. I don't think that's possible of any of the three of us to not say a word. But I do thank <laughs> you for, for giving me the, the lead on this. And um, I, I am probably going to go off a little bit of your script in terms of the conversation in reference to long-term care and long-term care insurance. And I'm going to defer to Mark tonight being we're both on here and you don't need us both uh, talking about the same topic necessarily because um, I am in my 52nd year in the insurance business and, and um, I have spent most of that time prior to long-term care insurance in the life insurance arena and uh, um, have still I have uh, some involvement in that area. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about that and, and some of the other issues that are involved with that. But my goal tonight is, without being at all morbid, just being practical, 
um, uh, asking our viewers to become good planners if they are, aren't already. And without, without understating this crisis, um, I do want us all to keep in mind about the testing. 90%, 91% of all the people that have been tested to date have been negative. Um, of, the, of those people that have been tested positive, 85% of those people are recovering at home. So this issue, even though we are a country of 329 million people, and that's why that 1% number can be gigantic, and they're, they're talking in terms of the hundreds of thousands of people, um, the million or two million people that possibly could get sick. I mean, that is, we are still talking about a half of 1% to 1% of those folks, but we do have to be practical. We do have to become good planners. So let me first just address, if, if I can, um, on some tips about life insurance, and then we can get into the long-term care side of it, if that's okay with you guys. Um, I've got a couple of tips. I may be glancing down some notes because I don't want to miss anything that I consider to be very important. Um, and for those that are currently insured, let's talk to those folks first about your insurance that is currently enforced. And I'm talking about your life insurance policies. So first, what I want you to do is make sure you check with your carrier or your agent if you can reach your agent at this point. Some people are having difficulty. Most of us have been quarantining. Uh, we've been we've been in our quarantine here for the better part of three weeks. Uh, my spouse happens to have some suppressed immune system, so we were being very cautious. But I want you to check with your carrier um, as to the current ownership, and more importantly, as to the current beneficiary designations that you have, that they are the correct ones, and that you have a contingent second backup uh, beneficiary on that policy. If it doesn't exist now, you want to make sure that you have the, the primary beneficiary and the secondary beneficiary that you uh, wanted to have or that you expect to have and that you should have because you don't want any, God forbid something happens, you don't want money going to your estate at this point. You would want to have uh, your name beneficiary. Uh, the second point is make sure the premiums are paid to date. Uh, that you're not in a grace period or that you're not forgetting to, uh, your premiums at this point. I, I have noticed a couple of carriers, probably a lot more, that are going to be coming on online saying that they're willing to uh, extend grace periods. We have a, a few definitely that are extending the grace period. The typical grace period on life insurance premiums is 30 days, and we're seeing some companies that are extending to 60 days. You may even find a few going beyond that. But but make sure your premiums uh, are enforced and make sure your policy is enforced and that you have the proper beneficiaries. For those of you that are, are watching us um, tonight, um, I, I also want to talk to you about some tips that I've just jotted down, uh, 12 or 13 tips on uh, looking at the purchase of life insurance and what you might want to expect. It might be different than um, had you applied prior to this event. Uh, months ago or years ago. So I'm going to just go down the list here if it's okay. Um, one, absolutely. I would definitely suggest that uh, you are considering if you're going to do anything, do it sooner than later. Things are going to get somewhat more complex for these carriers. Keep in mind the carriers are invested in the market in a lot of bonds and the bonds are not doing very well right now. Um, but um, so they may very well become somewhat stricter in their guidelines, and uh, we may be expecting 
to see rate increases on new filings, not on your existing policies, but if they go out to, to uh, the market now with their new filings, it may be at a higher price than you would have expected. So I would act sooner than later uh, based on, on those facts. Uh, number two is, I started sounding uh, like one of the politicians out there, um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to make that into a joke, but um, you may even see some carriers that are withdrawing from the market temporarily um, later this year. If things get a little rough, uh, they might uh, be a little bit more conservative and pulling back for three months or six months and waiting until 2021 to make those offerings. I would say first you're going to see probably higher premiums coming, stricter underwriting coming, and then you might even see some carriers that are delaying the issuance of policies or even not allowing you to apply currently. So uh, you might want to, again, take action sooner than later. Um, another item would be that if, um, if you don't be surprised that if on this new filing, that if you see an exclusion or a writer, it indicates that um, there's a 30-day waiting period on any claims that are connected to coronavirus uh, that could very well be coming down the pike uh, in the near future. So um, don't be shocked by that. I doubt that there would be an outright exclusion. Um, as uh, there is none that I am aware of now on any existing policies, by the way. Uh, your coverage should be fully in effect if something were to happen, but there could very well be a situation where uh, policies are going to be issued in the near future with some kind of a waiting period uh, prior to uh, being eligible to receive benefits. Um, because some of these carriers um, are more conservative than others to begin with, if you're a senior, such as myself, um, if you have pre-existing conditions, uh, it may become more difficult for you to get new coverage than you would have been able to get in the, in the past. So, um, and when I say senior, I'm talking about people in their 60s, 70s, or 80s. Of course, it's not easy for people in their 80s right now to buy life insurance, but it's not certainly impossible. Um, people, they're, they're looking for people more in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, certainly, than they are people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. And in particular now, it'll be even more difficult for people that either have pre-existing conditions or that are, are considered seniors, 60, let's say 60, 65, or over. Um, you will probably be asked to minute. Sure. It's just amazing to me. You and I have discussed this and Mark for close to a decade. Everything you're saying is happening in the mortgage industry as well. It is harder to get a mortgage today than it was seven days ago in the United States of America. And certain large investors are even thinking of pulling out because of the uh, total um, you know, imbalance of the stock market and the bond prices. It's just amazing how the insurance and mortgage industry, Mark, we've talked about this so many times, parallel each other. Yeah, right. but, but, but it just occurred to me, and I don't mean to take Peter off his list there. No, that's fine, that's fine. But it just occurred to me, Peter, while you were saying that, just think if, if you have a loved one who needs care right now, you're not going to want them to go into a facility where they're going to be around all these other people. So using the home care portion of a policy will become more attractive. But even then, you're talking about someone having to come into your house, a stranger to, or to their house, that isn't, you know, that you don't know where they're, if they're carrying the germ or not, or the virus so let's, or not. Let's, um 
table that for a couple more minutes, but you brought up a very valuable point, Mark, and I want you to uh, hammer that home when we talk about why to consider a cash benefit long-term care insurance policy versus a reimbursement model, particularly now more than ever. You know that I've always been a huge fan of cash, sure. and Mike knows this very well. Yes. And now there's yes. even more legitimacy to that. There, uh, I can't overstate that about the ability for people to just get a check and take care of each other and still not go broke in the process and not have to take ad additional risk. Because this right. is all about minimizing risk. This is all about staying safe and doing smart things and minimizing risk. So getting back Very on the life insurance policies again, um, let, let me just uh, talk to you about um, that you probably will be asked if you've been tested or not uh, for coronavirus. And that if you've been tested positive, there'll probably be a period where you won't be eligible uh, to apply to maybe you know, a delay in your ability to apply, even though they know that most people that are testing positive, as I said earlier, are going to be fine. They're going to recover as they would from the flu. And the younger they are, the, the easier that, that will be. So, um, but there, there may very well be uh, some delay if you've tested positive, particularly if, you, if you've been hospitalized and then you come home. Um, I, um, I, I want to talk to you about contestability also. If you're applying for new coverage, uh, you want to make sure that you're giving full and complete uh, disclosure, more so than ever, because yes. new policies have a contestability clause. I don't care who the carrier is. There's 2,000, approximately 2,000 life and health insurance companies in business, and this is true no matter who the carrier is that you're doing business. You have a two-year contestability clause built in, which says that a company could look back uh, at a claim point and contest a claim if you committed fraud uh, or if you made uh, fraudulent statements or left out significant um, items that would have caused that carrier to not insure you to begin with. So you want to make sure that you have a solid policy that you're buying. Of course, you want to make sure uh, people have always asked me over the last five decades, what's the best company and what's the best policy? And my answer is, even though it sounds like a pat answer, I'm serious, the best company is the one that's going to be in business at the time of claim. And the best policy is the one that's going to be enforced at the time of any claim. And that's true of long-term care insurance. That's true of life insurance. So let's make sure that we're only doing business with top-rated, major, A-plus rated, multi-billion dollar asset companies um, that you didn't just find a, a little company online, even though there are good major companies online. Don't get me wrong about that. Um, but it's very important to select a solid agent that can do this research for you, that can quickly find the right carrier with the great ratings and the assets and a company that's going to pay claims. And then, then your job is strictly uh, left to keep that policy in force. Okay, so let's talk about overseas travel for a minute. I don't want to take up too much of this time, but I think all these things are important. Uh, so that's why I'm in. You can stop me anytime you want, Mike. Um, no, but this is important. It, just on recent travel, I'm sorry? No, this is important. Okay. If you've been overseas, and particularly if you've been on a cruise ship, unfortunately, um, again, this is something that probably will cause the carrier to put in a 30-day hold to make sure that you're okay. Um, as we know, you know, they're asking people to self-quarantine for 14 days, uh, but they're probably going to look at a month and maybe even two months before they're going to want to process that application. Uh, you may want to hold off 
again, your good agent will tell you that particular carrier. I can't make statements tonight about 2,000 life insurance companies or even 200 life insurance companies. Every carrier is doing what we're doing right now. They're looking, they're analyzing, they're, they're sitting with their underwriters, their actuaries, their investment people, and deciding on these things by the hour, by the day. So something that they may be doing today, I may be wrong about tomorrow. So I'm certainly not going to quote any particular carrier. I'm not going to talk about any particular contract. But uh, you do need to, to make sure that you have a good agent doing this work for you because this can become very challenging. If you're expecting to go overseas at some point this later this year, either in a in a cruise on a cruise or on a trip, that's going to cause the company uh, some great concerns because we do have coronavirus in as of yesterday in 176 countries. So there's not too many places that you can travel to that are completely safe. So they're not going to want to insure you if you're going to tell them that you're planning on going. If you don't tell them and then you do go, then we're talking about possibly having a contestable contract. So be very be very careful as you walk through this uh, maze of, of things to consider. Um, I want to talk to you about if you've been laid off. If you've been laid off recently or you're about to be laid off, you're probably going to be losing your group, your group life insurance coverage um, in addition to whether or not you have ongoing coverage on the health side um, the group uh, most group carriers do not extend coverage beyond your employment there are some convertible plans out there particularly in the smaller companies but um, you need to check on that but you might have to be replacing that coverage that you had when you were working mm -hmm. And then if you go back to work at that same job, you might want to consider keeping that coverage, the new coverage you bought in force, or letting that, cover, letting that uh, coverage uh, lapse if necessary. But you want to make sure you have proper uh, coverage in force, whether you're working or not. There are very inexpensive plans. You don't have to be going into whole life or universal life at this point. You could be just looking at term life insurance policies, 5, 10, 15, 20-year duration guaranteed premium policies uh, that will not cost you a fortune of money, particularly if you're younger and if you're healthy. Um, if in case your uh, money has dried up and you don't have a job and you are uh, uh, really searching for what you're going to do about uh, future bills unrelated to insurance, you might want to be looking seriously, if, particularly if you're a senior, 65 or older, 70s, 80s, about considering the life settlement option. A life settlement option, for the most part, uh, up until now, has been uh, that that industry is looking at people in their 70s and 80s that have significant health issues, and it's a reverse underwriting kind of situation. So the more um, illnesses and, and the more history you have, the more money a company would be willing to pay for either uh, the replacement of your insurance or a portion of your insurance. Let's say you have a million dollar policy. You don't want to give up all that coverage. You may be able to reduce uh, that coverage down to a half a million and leave a half a million dollars for your family and then sell the million dollar, the other half a million dollars in the life settlement marketplace. That's a very robust market right now. And that's not changing and that's not dwindling. If anything, it's going to become uh, even more robust. Uh, at no this doubt. juncture, and that would be an institutional purchasing of a portion of or your entire uh, policy. So I may have skipped over a few things, um, but uh, that's the main items that I, I'm thinking about right now. I want to just touch on two items 
on tips on considering what we refer to as linked benefit or hybrid policies of life insurance that are really more focused on long-term care insurance. And, and I'll let Mark talk about the details, but I want to tell you about why you might want to consider a link benefit or, or what we refer to as combination or hybrid policy right now. And there's a, a dramatic flight to safety taking place. Uh, the marketplace is seeing a lot of people withdraw money from the, the somewhat more aggressive, riskier parts of, of the market and moving to fixed income and even into cash. And that's going on as we speak every day, even with the market fluctuating up and down. There's a lot of people, millions and millions of people that are moving their, their investment dollars into cash. And if you're doing so, uh, particularly if you're in your 40s or your 50s or 60s, I would say 40 to 60 being the target audience that I'm talking to right now, um, this flight to safety, uh, you might want to carve out a small portion of that money that you're taking out of the stock market that you're pl planning on putting into your cash account, your CD, um, or something very safe. And you might want to consider purchasing a link benefit plan because of all the guarantees. I'll let Mark, Mark uh, talk more about that. But life insurance, long-term care insurance, and a money-back feature and cash get yeah, all guaranteed to you. And that might be a good reason right now to consider looking into at least researching and understanding what link benefit hybrid policies are all about. Um, one last note uh, before I'm going to turn it over to Mark is that um, because of this uh, surge of business that is taking place in the life insurance side of the business, and there is a significant bump up in sales with some companies as much as 30 to 50 percent. Uh, applications coming in the door. Um, I want you to know that there's a number of companies now that are loosening up on the idea of what we were just talking about, having a stranger come into your home to take blood or to do an exam. And a lot of companies are going with a no exam policy, particularly if you're 55 or younger, if you don't have significant health history. And a lot of them are going to e-applications, electronic applications where everything can be done so you don't even have to be in front of an agent. Um, you can do it all on a on a uh, internet, uh, e-base, uh, with no face-to-face -face whatsoever. And I, I was just looking at a company before we came online, that a very big A-plus rated company that's offering up to $2 million worth of coverage for people 55 and under, all based on an e-application. No exams, no blood, and nobody doing any kind of a face-to-face. -face. I'll repeat what I said just before, and that is, the quality of the carrier, the quality of your agent now matters more than ever before. And your willingness to take an action sooner than later will be a significant um, action taken. So, Mark, maybe you want to uh, take it from here and talk about why they might want to consider. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. One second. Before you talk, I did, I did forget about if you have disability insurance and if you are tested positive, and if you have disability and you're tested positive, most carriers, if not all, are going to consider that an eligible claim. If you're well, tested positive for coronavirus, you're told to stay home, you should be eligible for coverage at this point. Uh, so, you know, look into that again. It may be difficult uh, to reach carriers right away. There may be, you know, on hold situations because a lot of people are working from their homes these days, but they are all open. 
You will get through to them. Um, and Mark, you're on. Boy, that's a, that's a lot of information that you shared there, Peter, and some very valuable uh, perspectives that I don't know that everybody considered, especially that last one. You're right. They, they very well might still have disability from their work, and they can collect against it if they get tested positive. Um, and frankly, I think you're, to build on what some of the things you said, I think that that's going to become a requirement as long as we're dealing with this coronavirus, that you're going to, once tests are, are readily available, they're going to want to know that you've been tested in order before they consider you. Once it's easy to get a test everywhere, that's going to end up becoming a requirement until this is finally passed. Um, I just I have a couple of brief things to say, and then we can open it up, Michael. Uh, okay. First off, you know, the old saying about expect the unexpected. I think this coronavirus is a great example, even though for, for bad reasons, you know, nobody wants to see anybody uh, have to deal with it and certainly pass away. But it's certainly nobody saw it coming. And uh, it's changed all of our lives and probably for good um, going forward in the sense that, that I don't know that life will ever be the same. And it strikes me that that's what the insurance is for whether it be life insurance or long-term care or any of these other insurances we're talking about, disability and the like, these are unexpected events we don't see coming. And, and that's why it's important to put something in place before you have to deal with something that you, that you probably didn't think you need coverage for. So um, uh, this is a reminder to all of us. The second, and this is just my personal bias, I, a tremendous salute needs to go out to all the caregivers, the doctors, the, the nurses, the, the paramedics, the police, the fire, whatever, all the people that are on the front lines of, these, of this illness. I mean, I can't turn on the TV anymore without seeing another story um, about a doctor who passed away in their 40s or 50, simply because they've been just dealing with all these uh, coronavirus victims and they've, they've gotten it themselves. I just saw... Um, about two hours before your show started, that the doctor that had uh, split those um, uh, twins, that they, that that doctor, 48 years old, had passed away from dealing with all these coronavirus um, patients. So again, uh, the people that have the, the commitment and the, the devotion to run into the fire instead of away from it always deserves uh, a salute. And though it's not a direct parallel, the same thing is true about people that have to be caregivers in our, yes. in, 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 the, in the thing of long-term care. Again, it's an unexpected event. They didn't expect to change their lives. And now they find themselves having to deal with all this uncertainty and it will probably change their lives forever. And maybe they're not at risk of getting what ever the, the person they need to be a caregiver to has, but they're still there and it's going to still take an enormous toll on their life. Again, it's eight times more likely that if you're a caregiver to someone else, you'll end up needing care yourself. And, and so all the stress and uncertainty that comes with this, I can't help but be reminded of that with the uh, coronavirus. Um, and, uh, and again, the messages that it sends. As far as the industry itself, Peter made some great points. One, we all heard that the interest rates went to 
So at 0%, as Peter pointed out, it's very difficult for the insurance companies to make money on your money. And for those of your audience who might not know it, that's the way insurance works. They take your premium dollars, put it to work at higher interest rate programs and products that you probably can, couldn't buy on your own anyway, make um, that higher interest and pay the claims from the spread, if they will, off the monies that they earn. They don't spend the money that you give them on claims. They spend the money they earn off the money you give them on claims. But when you can't earn money on the money because interest rates are at 0%, they have no other choice but to have to consider raising rates on future policyholders. And so, and so the, the point that Peter was making, and I'm, sure, I'm saying flat out, long-term care insurance will never be less expensive than it is right now. You'll never get as much benefits for as little premium as you will right now. And that right now won't last that long. So you need to take advantage of that while you still have the opportunity to lock in those lower rates. And I, again, Peter's been in this business longer than me. I've been in it 30 years. Um, uh, in the 30 years I've been in it, I've never seen rates go down. You know, people say, well, when interest rates go up, people will lower, the insurance companies will lower the rates. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> also, uh, again, uh, the, the, um, the, I gotta sit straighter up here on this. The, um, the, the circumstances such that the, the smarter, younger you are, the healthier you are when you lock in rates, the better you're gonna be. And so I strongly encourage people who have been on the fence about this to take this time while they're home to look into it further. And if it's the right fit for them, act. Before you, before you go on to the link benefits, because no one explains it better than you. And it's really funny that you were on the first show um, that we ever did 68 weeks ago. And when you well, talked about the product that Peter was talking about, the link benefit with guaranteed refund to premium, long-term care rider. You know, I felt like I was a guest on my first show because I remember saying to you, well, why doesn't everybody have that? Um, so be, right. just right before you go into that, because you explain it um, so well, thank you for bringing up um, a salute to our healthcare providers. They, they are running into a fire. It's a very different yeah. fire uh, than our firemen, but make no mistake about it, it's a fire that burns very hot and and they are just such, such special people. And they know they have a good chance of getting sick. They know they have a chance of bringing it home to their family. And the word staggering, especially by me, is overused. But what a staggering group of people. Uh, the so humbling is the word I use. It's just, yeah. I, I don't so, know that I'd have the guts to do it. But again, you have to say that to yourself out loud to hear the impact of it. They run yeah. into the fire. Yes. You know, in 9-11, the firemen ran into the fire. I, you know, the natural tendency of a human being would be to run away. Yeah. And it takes a special person to be able to, to do that. Very, very special. But go ahead. Peter, you have something to say about that? The link program. Uh, you know, ditto. I mean, uh, there's, there's, there aren't really good words to, for us to be able to show our expressions of, of gratitude. Uh, for those folks that are, uh, that's the beauty, one of the beauties of living in this country um, is, is that um, regardless of your political uh, views, that this is not a political issue. This is about all right. of us together doing something 
and paying close attention. And, and the best thing that we can do and the best thing that they are asking us to do for them is to be smart, to stay in place right now, to, to pay attention and to be diligent about taking care of yourself so you don't become part of that uh, group of people that they need to take a risk on to take care of. And do, you know, doing what you're a little bit um, shouldn't be that painful, particularly when you talk about these young folks that are taking their risks, taking these uh, yeah. unbelievable risks. And um, I thank you very much for bringing that up. Uh, and, and that shouldn't be. Well, again, you, can't help but be, you can't help but being struck by it. And so yes. briefly on these hybrid products, for, for, like we discussed before, um, Mike, and what Peter brought up, the hybrid product, which is, a, is, is basically a life insurance policy with a long-term care policy built into it, is the latest version of, of uh, what has become the most popular way for people to secure coverage for themselves if, against the risk of, of needing long-term care down the road, the, the financial risk. Again, none of us can keep anybody from getting sick, but we can make sure that, they, that the people that work with us have a cash flow, have a, a, a pool of money they can, they can dip into so they don't have to spend their life savings if they find themselves in that situation. And the hybrid policy gives you the best of both worlds because it says, look, if you need this, we're going to give you several multiples on your money to be able to address your long-term care risk. But if you don't need this, you're going to get all the money you put into this back plus uh, additional funds in the form of a death benefit. So they've taken the, rest, the risk off the table. One way or another, you or your beneficiaries are going to get paid. Peter made the point that there are three companies that I know of that are out there that pay a cash benefit instead of a reimbursement benefit. All traditional long-term care policies at this point are reimbursement policies, which means they're going, you're going to have to give them bills and receipts, and they're going to reimburse you up to the amount of money you said you wanted monthly if you ever needed long-term care. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, except that if there's a way in a time like this when, when carriers need to become more careful about how the, the monies are getting spent, it's easy to tighten up what the definitions are of a reimbursable expense. It's not only that, Mark, can I just jump in for one minute? Please. It's just as important. Who wants to be in a nursing home and an assisted living facility right now? Everybody. Um, by comparison to staying in your own safe home and receiving care there, if it is from a stranger, uh, that's one thing. But how about just your spouse taking care of you and you getting a check, tax-free check for three, four, five, six thousand dollars a month? Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And again, and that's why the flexibility of these programs is so attractive. Because if you're going to get paid in cash, you're going to get paid the full cash amount, whether you need it or not. And that part there allows you to accumulate funds. So that down the road, you have an extra pool of monies you can, you can tap into. or Again, it gives you a lot more freedom. You don't have to give them any bills or any receipts to get your money back. They're going to give you the full amount of money that they contracted to give you at the beginning of each month. And you, you're not at risk of any kind of rate increase. You know up front 
exactly how much you're going to get, and they can't raise the rate on you. They can't, they can't charge you more. Now, you can put an inflation rider on that, that they'll take the same amount of money you were going to give them and calculate what the cost of that inflation rider is, but that'll just make your benefits go up. They can never ask you to pay more for that policy. And I think that's so incredible. you don't have to, you don't have to wor- concern yourself about, well, what if an insurance company finds itself up against these 0% interest rates and they need to raise my rates? They can't do that on a, on a um, cash pay or any kind of hybrid policy because that's guaranteed. you have a contract with them up front that they're going to pay you that much, that much money. So, so Mark, why don't you talk about who it is that the carrier would favor applying right now? What age group? What kind of who are they looking at right now? The largest group of applier of people that are applying are between fifty-five and sixty-five. Um, the uh, again, the younger you are, the better it is. The more benefits you're going to get, the more flexibility there is. So you should consider that the average applicant depending on which carrier you talk to, is between 56 and 57 years old. Um, and so if you're, if you're in that age group, you really should be considering it. Once you get past 65, the rates start going up pretty significantly. Once you get past 70, it becomes very, very difficult to qualify yeah. for it health-wise. Yeah, this is a product, again, for people in their 40s and 50s and early 60s, and that's going to be even more so. Um, one of the major carriers is just announcing a change that they won't even take an application on anyone 69 or over. And they're really looking for that. They're really looking for that 45, 50, or 55 year old, even though you're right, Mark, up until now, the average uh, buyer is a little older than that, somewhere in the late 50s, maybe early 60s. I'm addressing this issue to people that are in their 40s and 50s that are withdrawing money from the market. That's right. That are talking, talking about talking and moving their their assets around, and they and they may have uh, they may be considered somewhat more affluent. Uh, you know, this is a middle middle market to somewhat mass affluent uh, person that has a half a million dollars saved or a million dollars invested or a million five or a little bit more than that even um, or quite a bit more than that. By the way. I mean, you, you know, be more right, be um, more so right. someone doing that just carves out a, a percentage, maybe it's 5%, 10% of that money. Maybe it's a, a commitment that they're going to make over a 10 year period with 10 guaranteed premiums in a year or in a one single premium or possibly even longer to age 65 if they're younger. Maybe they want to do a 20 payment program or, uh, or not have a, uh, a paid up policy in the future. Regardless, it's all guarantees, all built in. It's all still available. They haven't made major changes in their in their status as of right now. And this is something for uh, people to consider, particularly those that are moving money around right now. Call your good specialist, um, long-term care insurance specialists that know about this. There are life insurance people. Of course, Mark or I would be more than ha- happy to help but we don't want to take anything away from a trusted advisor that you're using right now. We'd even be willing to get on the phone with them and walk them through it if that's somebody that you don't uh, you know, uh, take business away from. But Absolutely. right now, it's important to be conservative, to take care of yourselves and your family and do proper planning. And I can't state that uh, too much. And, and before we get right back Peter to Mark, said, I want to take one minute if I can. These are not susceptible um, in any way to market risk. Or market conditions. The market can we can be in a recession and the market can go down 
and none of this money will be lost. And again, if the market goes up, you can have you you have the option to make sure your benefits go up by putting an inflation rider on the policy. So it, it, you you have zero risk, and you as Michael said, you have everything to gain if you work with a specialist, whether it be your trusted advisor, like Peter said, or someone that holds himself out as strictly a long-term care solution planner. Um, you work with a specialist to help design a plan to maximize the value that you're going to get from the policy. Don't Mark, get if I this. Could, Mark, yeah. if I could interrupt just for 30 seconds, uh, because a lot of people take, uh, you both mentioned two or three times that um, interest rates are down to zero. And when I'm not hosting the 62 Who New TV show, um, I'm the president of a mortgage company, and you would be surprised how many people, when they announced that the feds were discounting uh, the Fed rate down to zero. How many of my clients, real estate agents, um, financial planners called and went, you mean you know, mortgage rates are at zero? I guess we should no. close uh, right. very quickly. So I'm just going to give a, a quick 15 second. The Fed sure. discount rate is the rate that banks borrow from the government. And in order to make right. help banks be more liquid in this volatile time, because banks and insurance companies make that investments, the Fed's discounted that rate to zero. You would expect that would have an effect on mortgage rates as well. Unfortunately, it does not. There is no relation to it. Fixed rate mortgages are tied to the bond market, the same bond market that you're talking about, Peter and Mark. And that is tied to the stock market, which is doing terrible. Therefore, rates are up. And it's, sometimes it's so misleading when the press you know, has on the front page of USA Today or the Wall Street Journal, Fed lower interest rates to zero. And, and I didn't mind the phone calls, uh, but it was amazing how many people called my mortgage company and went, you know, no, you're absolutely right that I'm that at zero interest. There's certainly a difference from what you can earn on the money versus what they need to charge that's exactly right. Yes. Right. So, um, so that's so that's a very uh, important Mark, Can you just um, to put a um, a cap on that uh, link benefit? I, I want you to talk about the possibility of getting money back uh, if they change their mind down the road and and they want to cancel. Again, we uh, Peter and I work with a firm that calls this the one two uh, four approach to planning. Um, you put a lump sum of money or you pay it in over time. It doesn't matter which one you choose. It will matter. The faster you give them your money, the more benefits you'll get. But the, putting, putting that aside for a second, it's your money. It's in your name. It doesn't leave your name or your possession. If you want your money back, you say to the insurance company, I want my money back. And you'll get it back dollar for dollar, depending on which plan you chose to you know how how you wanted the money invested uh, going forward, you have a say in that. So so again, you can take your money back dollar for dollar. That's the one. The two is the death benefit will be a multiple of how uh, greater in most cases of the of the money you put in. So if you put a hundred thousand dollars into one of these products, you're going to get paid back one hundred and forty, one hundred and fifty, one hundred sixty thousand, depending on your age, depending on on a few other factors, but you're going to get money north of what you paid into it. And then um, uh, finally, if you need long-term care, again, depending on your age, you're going to get a multiple. 
somewhere around four times, three to, three to five times your money. And if you add an inflation rider on top of that, which doesn't require you to put up any more money than the original amount you were going to put up, you, you'll see that money grow to eight times or ten times the amount of money amazing. you That's put in. That's just amazing to me. It, and it, so, it just truly is. You know, you so, as a layman, as a layman, I, I just happen to have some numbers on uh, in my head right now about a case that we were just dealing with this week. So I'm going to give you a quick uh, uh, specific on uh, age 58 person. Obviously, if you're younger, these numbers are going to be much better. If you're older, they're not going to be quite as good. So this person made a commitment of a total a, a total premium commitment in their in their lifetime of a hundred thousand dollars. That could be ten thousand dollars a year for. 10 years, it could be 20,000 for five years. It could be, you know, um, a much uh, uh, more spread out, uh, you know, if she wanted to go beyond that. But in her particular case, we had a $100,000 commitment. We had an immediate death benefit, life insurance of $126,000. So it was, uh, you know, a, a bump up from, from her commitment to, um, to the premium. And then uh, the pool of money that Mark was talking about for long-term care insurance, accessible dollars, started out just over $400,000. That's four times a multiple That's of four. Incredible. And because she has 3% uh, interest growing on an inflation basis, by the time this lady is uh, 80 years of age, there's $775,000 sitting in that account available to her in cash, not in a lump sum, but for long-term care insurance purposes. There's other benefits, there's other features I'm not gonna go into, but I just wanted to give you all a, an idea. Now, that 100,000, if five years from now, or 10 years from now, or 15 years from now, she says, I don't need this coverage anymore, I can't afford it, I don't want it, whatever the reason, she can get all her money back. And so that's like what Mark I, said, know, the only risk- I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Peter. The, uh, the only risk would be looking at who the carrier is that's making this promise. And yeah. that carrier uh, and in this particular that's case. That's why I said, oh, I'm sorry, Pete, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Yeah, now the, the, ca the carrier in this particular case was nationwide, a big A plus, $250 billion, I think, somewhere in that range, $230 billion of assets, been around for over. Fortune 100 company, mutual company, doesn't trade on the stock. Right, a top rated carrier. There's, there's only three carriers, like Mark said, in this market that offer those kind of benefits and also offer a cash feature. So I just wanted to give you some idea of, of what is no, available. I appreciate, I appreciate that. And I didn't want this to turn, and it hasn't turned, and I don't want it to turn, and I don't want anybody to think what I'm saying is going to turn it into a sales pitch. Tonight was pure information. We have four, four and a half minutes left. We, I, I'm so glad you guys have been here, but we still got a solid four minutes left. But again, I said this 68 weeks ago when Mark was on um, as a layman, as a person that doesn't is not a long-term care insurance expert, doesn't even have an insurance license. But knowing you, Bill Comfort, other people that you have in introduced me to in your circle, when I do talk about long-term care, especially in my reverse mortgage uh, role, you know, everybody's number one source, number one might be I can't afford it, but I truly think number one is, well, what if I don't use it? What if I pay all those premiums and I don't use it? And now they can get their money back. So it still staggers me why long-term care insurance, like reverse mortgages, is really still in the closet. And the not the industry, but the consumers, the public, uh, what am I missing that appears risk-free? 
You have the death benefit. You have the multiple of LTC insurance. But if you change your mind because you're the healthiest person in the world and you're never going to make a claim, I'd like my money back. What am I missing? Where is the risk here other than not using the correct carrier? Well, they're not going to earn interest on their, on their money. Um, okay, that's a good, that's a good that. factor. But with interest rates today, you know, they put their $100,000 in a money market at half a percent or they risk right. it in a volatile stock market. And they're going to earn points one day. And that's the and main reason I was bringing it up now. That's yeah. the main reason I was bringing it up. Why not, you know, flight to safety, get some additional coverage on life insurance right now, get some additional coverage on long-term care. Why not consider doing that? Why not check on um, check this out? You know, it's worth it's worthwhile taking that time. Yeah. We're all sitting around trying to figure out what to do with all this extra time anyway. Yeah, th- this is a painful way to learn a lesson, but sometimes yeah. it's the best way. Mark, you look like you have something on your mind. No, I was just listening to what you were saying, and again, um, you're right. You have this extra time, but t- to talk why people don't take pull the trigger on this, Michael. Yeah, it's an emotional decision as much as we come on here and nobody's better than peter and yourself and sharing these statistics and these facts and everything else what motivates somebody to take action is an emotional um, decision for them and and nobody nobody's sitting around saying oh i can't wait to get to that nursing home um so nobody wants to think of it it's down the road. It's something that's going to happen later. I'll get to it. I got the kids to put through school right now. Whatever they, they can justify. I got to put a new roof on the house, whatever they're saying to themselves. But it, at the end of the day, when they can take the emotion uh, sort of out of it and look at it practically, it makes perfect sense. Like you say, how can you say no to it if, to, to someone that takes all the risk off the table for you? But I just don't it, know. But that's not the way people look at it. So. You can have your money back if you change your mind. You can't do that. Well, you're not going to a nursing home. Yeah. You're not going to a nursing home. As we've talked about before, this is not nursing home insurance. It's nursing home avoidance insurance. That's right. Another misconception. This is not health insurance. It's wealth insurance. It's about protecting your nest egg. It's not about, again, we can't keep you from getting sick. We can just help you have a plan. And really what you have to do is ask yourself, if I don't have a plan, what's going to happen? If I have control over the process from the beginning and put a plan in place, at least I can have a say in how my care is going to get administered. But if I don't put a plan in place, I'm going to be at the mercy of the systems and I'm not going to have all the support that I could have by having a plan. And guess what? Your entire life savings is at risk now because you do oh, put yes. a plan in place oh, yes. where you could oh, have yes. isolated a part of it and, and know that that's all you're going to need to to be able to pay any kind of normal expense that would come up because you need care. We have 40 seconds left. In that 40 seconds, I'm going to thank you both, as always, for being there when I need you at every level. We do have guests booked in the next few weeks. But based on what happens in this country, I might ask you both back again in the next few weeks uh, we to talk about this again. And when this is all over, and it is going to be over, I'm an optimist. I, I think it's going to be over sooner rather than later. I'm going to bring you back to talk about how we can finance long-term care insurance and bring it to hundreds of thousands of seniors who and I got to tell you, putting us on this TV, putting on us on this camera like this reminds me of how much how many times I touch my face 
So yeah, don't do that, everyone. Me too. Isn't that funny? I was thinking, we're done. We're out of here. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you Thank so you much. Bye-bye. Yeah.